a good move. Why don't you dance him? Dancing is forbidden. Yoo-hoo, running crew, welcome to Dancing is Forbidden in Aqua Teen Hunger Force Exploration. I am Ronnie on this podcast. I'm watching through every episode of Aqua Teen, having a good time with it, got a big smile on my face as I do it, and the episode that I'm smiling to this week is Season 1, Episode 14, Dumber Days. I need complete concentration or the child will die. Dumber Days airing December 1st, 2002. Guys, we're already in December 2002 and believe it or not we're almost done with the season including dumber days we have five more episodes of season one than we're done i can't believe that time is going by so quickly and real quick before we get into other stuff i want to speculate on the title of this one because dumber dolls was called dumber dolls because it was a script for space ghost uh kind of the idea was space ghost gets a doll and it kills itself to get away from him but that was retooled for aqua teen which dave willis admits they did this a lot. They had a lot of ideas going into Aqua Teen because it was funny ideas they had for Space Ghost that were never greenlit. So they can use them here. So I assume Dumber Days, there's some tie to Space Ghost here. I haven't found what that is, but I have to assume this was some sort of discarded Space Ghost script with, you know, the Aqua Teens plugged into it instead. But all right, before we talk any more about the episode itself, let's touch on some Aqua Teen news. What is going on this week? Friendly reminder, next weekend, the 12th and the 13th, is the Adult Swim Festival where they're doing an Aqua Teen Hunger Force panel, as well as a lot of other Adult Swim stuff, of course, and some music performances. So that'll be on YouTube with extra bonus content on HBO Max if you have that. I can't speak to what that is, that what that bonus content is, and I have no idea what time this thing starts, so I'm sure that'll be out eventually, but from what I could find real quick, I, I didn't actually see a time on any of this. And of course, when that happens, we'll talk about it here. And moving on from that, I'm sure a lot of you have seen, but on Jeopardy this past week, there was an Aqua Teen Hunger Force question. It was, meet Wad, make the money C, meet Wad, get the honeys G. That was like the prompt that comes up in Jeopardy for $2,000. So exciting to see the teens being relevant here. Uh, I guess if you can call being on Jeopardy relevant, but hey, you know, the community was excited about it. I, I thought it was cool to see that. I don't watch Jeopardy. I didn't even really know Jeopardy is still on the air. I mean, of course I know, I guess. I just didn't know people watched it, but I guess I guess it's still doing fine. It's still bringing happiness to people's lives. And then, yeah, that's the two bits of Aqua Teen news this week. We've got the Adult Swim Festival coming up and Aqua Teen was on Jeopardy. How about that? Moving on from that, we have some housekeeping stuff. So I've mentioned on this podcast before, I was setting up the YouTube and I was going to have videos with the Aqua Teen clips on them. You can see them visually as I'm discussing them, as they're playing. And I made the first video, super excited, uploaded it, and boom, YouTube said, nope, you can't show this because there's Aqua Teen footage in it. It wasn't from the music in it. It was like it, it actually detected that there was Aqua Teen video clips in it, which how that works out, considering there's plenty of Aqua Teen videos on YouTube, I don't know. This might be like a new AI kind of thing. But yeah, long story short, I can't do that anymore. So I did upload the audio to YouTube. Of course, it doesn't matter to you guys if you're listening already. You don't give a shit about this. But I know some of you might have been looking forward because I talked about it a bit to being able to see the Aqua Teen clips. And, 
yeah, YouTube wasn't having it, and I could technically still make the videos and upload them elsewhere, but it should, it, it's a lot of work, even though I automated it as much as I could. It's still a lot of rendering time on my end, and probably not worth it. So yeah, sorry. I mean, if there's a huge demand for this kind of thing, I could do it, but I don't see it being worth the time investment if only a couple people really want to watch it. Other than that, stickers have been ordered, and I just got the text today that they have been shipped, so look forward to that. Again, if you would like to get stickers, sign up to the Patreon. And I'm excited to send those out and see what you guys think about them. And of course, if you're signed up to the Patreon or if you're going to sign up, let me know if you have any preferences because I have a lot of stickers here. I'll, you'll get two of the Dancing is Forbidden like podcast art, I guess, and then two of the little Aqua Teen character um, simple drawings. And then you'll get a few of the random Aqua Teen ones. So yeah, I'm excited to send those out as soon as I get everything here that I ordered. Beyond that, I plan to make a video about this. So in 2021, this year, they reprinted a lot of Aqua Teen DVDs. So I picked up volume 5 and 6 from Target, where I work, because I get a discount on them. And I was excited. I open them up, and I'm like, hmm, these are pretty plain looking. And I look online, and I see that they're not like the original artwork on the inside. The cover is the same, but it's really generic on the inside. So... Yeah, these reprints, I, I have to assume this applies to all the reprints. It's not like the original packaging. Like these Adult Swim early 2000 packages are really nice. They spent a lot of time on them. And yeah, these 2021 reprints are just really basic. You just, you have the outer sleeve and then you, you pull out the DVD box and it's just like a normal, you know, kind of uh, case for a DVD. I guess you open it up, there's not really anything inside. It's not fancy at all. So big disappointment because... I really wanted to make videos and I still plan to make videos for all the DVDs kind of walking through the packaging, like walking through the menus, all that stuff, just really getting into them because there's really nothing like that to my knowledge online and maybe even like ranking them based on, you know, this or that, finding fun things to do with that. And so, yeah, this volume five and six are useless to me. I can't return them because I opened them. They don't take back open DVDs. So I got to figure out what to do. Uh, maybe just sell them on eBay for cheap just to get some of my money back or uh, maybe give them away once we get to those those seasons. So yeah, just a heads up. If anyone's looking to buy DVDs, honestly, dude, just buy them used. You can get used DVDs in like pretty good shape for five, ten bucks. Sometimes cheaper. So yeah, just a heads up there because you know there's not really a whole lot of info about this online, and pretty disappointed because, like I said, I wanted that packaging for some sweet video content for you guys. So, yep, I ordered new ones on eBay, or I guess old ones, and as soon as those get in, I can start trying to do something here. I don't know specifically what I want to do, but I'll do something with them. All right, let's see what voice messages we have this week. We have one from our friend John. He hit us up with his origin story a few weeks, or I guess at this point, months ago. So let's hear what John has to say. Hey, Ronnie, I've been enjoying the episodes as always. Keep up the good work, and um, just something, a uh, small thing. I thought it was interesting to point out is that um, in the old Drippy episode, the flyer in the street that Shake runs out to get is Lord of the Wings. Uh, that's what it says on it. And then in the uh, Mummy episode, there's the Lord of the Lobsters restaurant that they have. And so, yeah, it's just interesting, like a Lord of the Ring, Lord of the Rings reference, I imagine. And uh, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was interesting to note there's those two kind of references there. 
So, uh, yeah, anyway, thank you, and uh, keep it up. See ya. John, you're totally right. I didn't even think about that. I didn't catch that. John is totally right between the two episodes, Old Drippy and Love Mummy. That's episode 7 and 12. We have Lord of the Blank. So, yeah, there's Lord of the Wings and then Lord of the Lobster. When I first started listening to John's message, my heart, like, sank because I thought he was going to say it was the same flyer at first. But yeah, it wasn't again because it was a wing place and then a seafood place. But still, great catch there, dude. I I totally didn't think about that. Next up, we have a call from Master Shake himself in a message that was supposed to be played in tandem with last week's message from Major Shake. But we didn't have the time. So let's hear what old Master Shake has to say. Hey, this is Master Shake calling in from the Aqua new movie set. That's right. You're getting a call from Master Shake on the set of the new Aquagene movie. Now, unfortunately, I cannot reveal any new details other than the fact that we are having a blast filming it. Well, you know, I am. I can't I can't speak for the others. I, I love your podcast, Ronnie. Uh, you know, I especially like the parts with me. <laughs> but I did want to say, since I know you're covering the circus episode because of my psychic milkshake powers. That's right. I have psychic milkshake powers. Uh, I just wanted to say that that was not me doing that horrible stuff in the circus episode. That was my replicant. Yes, it was my replicant major shake. So, uh, you know, just just keep that in mind while you're talking about me. Uh, all right. Uh, catch you later, Nani, really. And uh, I'll see you when the new movie comes out. Well, I mean, I won't see you, but you'll see me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Take care. Thank you, Master Shake, for that message. So my understanding is Shake was pinning his bad circus display on Major Shake, but then Major Shake was saying, no, that wasn't me, but I'm in the circus now. And he's making a very poor living, it sounds like, because he had to use his monthly pay to call in to the show. Thank you, Master Shake, and I look very forward to seeing you up on the big screen. Last but not least, we have the return of Shane, a.k.a. Young Meatwad, our 13-year-old listener, He's got a story for us. Let's check it out. So, young Neatwad here, and I'm here to tell you something funny that actually kind of happened kind of recently. So, recently, over the weekend, last week, I went over to my grandma's house, and she left. I gotta mention that she's Mormon, so... <laughs> I watched, like, uh, the dick episode, finished season five... Um, but when I got the hand banana, <laughs> as soon as she returned, she came back and hand banana was on. And it was the part where hand banana was raping Carl. <laughs> God. Uh, so I got a whole lecture on how that show is evil. Now... I probably should have just turned on a different episode, like turned on Rabot or something like that. That way she wouldn't have been mad. But <laughs> I learned my lesson there. Shane, thank you for that story. It's it's nice to hear, you know, we get so many from people that are like, oh, back when I was younger and, you know, my parents caught me watching Aqua Teen or something to do with Aqua Teen, I got in trouble. It's nice to hear these stories where the kids these days are currently getting in trouble for Aqua Teen. And I agree, maybe you should have put on a different episode. I mean, <laughs> Hand Banana might not be the best one to, to have on when your grandma's around. But I guess if you don't know, she's going to come back into the room 
and see you watching it. Well, what can you do? Shane, thanks for that message. And Shane also reached out to me via email, which I appreciated. I don't get many emails. And Shane said he has a new favorite episode. It's Ezekiel from season four. And he loves it because Shake is not good with kids. So it's really funny. I agree. I love that episode so much, especially the twist reveal at the end. We got M. Night Shyamalan on that one. Can't wait to talk about that once we get to it. But all right, everyone. That's this week's Aqua Teen News, our housekeeping, and some messages from you guys. Let's see what in the world was happening December 1st, 2002, well before our friend Shane was even born. Let's check it out. Sneaking his way out of detention this week and back into the box office number one spot, we have Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. Harry, he's talking to snakes. And he's also bringing in the Bucks with a cool 32 mil this week alone, not even counting opening weekend, which was something in like the 80 mil. So yeah, we have Harry Potter trumping Die Another Day, the James Bond film, to reclaim its number one spot in its third weekend on Thanksgiving holiday. And I'm here this week with a new Harry Potter Chamber of Secrets factoid for you guys. Nurses were drafted into the production when an outbreak of head lice occurred amongst the young cast. Oh, man, that's gross. Uh, My fiance has had lice once because she worked at a preschool. This was uh, like three, four years ago, probably about four or five now. She worked at a preschool and she's like, hey, there's been an outbreak of lice going around. Can you check my head? I'm like, all right, sure. Checked it. Ah, man, I don't see anything. And then I see like little black dots, which uh, trigger warning. uh, I think it was the poo poo from the lice. Sure enough, she had him. You know, I, I sat there and stared for a while. And eventually, you start seeing some stuff. Like, oh, God. And this was a bad period because I had to come in from work and then treat her head for lice with this ointment stuff like all the time. I had to literally comb through every strand on her, on her head and just look through everything. Oh, man. What a bonding experience when you stare at someone's fucking scalp for an hour every single day. That was fun. Somehow, somehow I didn't get it. I don't know what that says about me, but I didn't get the lice. And I'm here to say right here, right now, if I did, I would shave my head. I wouldn't deal with none of that chemical stuff on your head that some of it wouldn't even work. Oh, man, what a nightmare. I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm getting worked up. It's been a hot minute since we've talked about TV. So let me just mention that the last episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog aired on November 22nd. So a few weeks previous, this would have been a little bit more applicable to the previous episode of the podcast. But still, it's still timely to this period. November 22nd, 2002 last episode of Courage. And I loved Courage the Cowardly Dog growing up, especially the episode Return the Slab. That one, oh my God, I get so scared when that came on the TV. I loved it so much. And I went back and rewatched it probably like six years ago or so, seven years. And it still holds up. A lot of it's still really good. And it's still really creepy. Some of the episodes are just really strange. (laughs) I can't believe they could show this to kids back then. So even though Courage ended in 2002, it did come back in two forms. In 2014, A special CGI animated episode was produced as a pilot for a potential CGI revival of the series. It was aired on Cartoon Network in Southeast Asia for Halloween 2014, but it has yet to air elsewhere. You can watch this online. And they did a great job recreating the show in 3D because originally it was a 2D show and they recreated it in 3D and it looks 
really spot on. They did a great job with this CGI kind of pilot thing. Really captured the essence of the show, and it's a bummer it didn't get picked back up. However, this year, a straight-to-video movie crossover with Scooby-Doo titled Straight Out of Nowhere, Scooby-Doo Meets Courage the Cowardly Dog was released, but without any involvement of Stretch Films nor creator John R. Dilworth at all. So that did come out in September of this year, this this Scooby-Doo crossover. And Courage was kind of like Scooby-Doo, but it was darker and less cheesy, I guess. But yeah, they didn't have the creator John Dilworth involved. I don't know if it was any good. I didn't watch that. I did watch the 2014 CGI special online. It's like seven minutes, and that was really good. But you know, I'm not a big Scooby-Doo fan, so I can't imagine that this crossover thing is that great. So that's it for film and television. We got Harry Potter... Back on the Throne and Courage the Cowardly Dog had recently just hit its 52nd episode. So they pulled the plug. That's how it would be back in the day, man. They'd get 52 episodes and then they'd say, all right, you're done. We, we have 52 episodes. I mean, how many weeks are in a year? 52. So they could play a new episode every week and they were happy as a clam. But, you know, shows got canceled. It wasn't uh, wasn't so great. However, what is so great is our $5 patron, our new duffel bag of cash member, Empower706. Thanks for signing up for the Patreon, dude. Really appreciate it. So let's move on to music here. Our Billboard Hot 100 number one single is, of course, Mr. Spaghetti himself, Eminem with Lose Yourself. No surprise there. But we have a new album this week. Our number one Billboard Hot 200 album is... Look for me, young B, cruising down the we have Jay-Z with The Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse. So we've talked about the original Blueprint actually on this show. It was the number one album while episodes Bust of the Undead and Mayhem of the Moon and Nights were airing. So you can head back to those podcast episodes on, on those Aqua Teen episodes to hear me talk about that if you haven't already. But yeah, that album was really big and really well received. But this album was not. While it sold just fine, shipping over 500,000 units in its first week, and it is now certified three times multi-platinum, it only has a 2.75 out of 5 on Rate Your Music compared to The Blueprint, which has a 3.84 out of 5, which is a really good score. So the consensus there seems to be that it's boring and too long. I mean, it's 108 minutes. It's a double album, and there just aren't enough big songs on it to necessitate that. For those who don't know, Rate Your Music is a site anybody can sign up to and you can just rate albums. It's a lot of fun. I spend a lot of time on there, way too much time on there, but I really appreciate it as a resource. I like to read what other people think about music and all that stuff. And if you sign up to it like at a subscription level, you could even rate individual songs, which I know I'm getting kind of dorky here talking about it, but that's a lot of fun too. So I, yeah, I checked out this album and people there were like, eh, it's not so great. It's one of his lesser albums. So yeah, Blueprint 2... Not as great as the first one. However, in 2003, it was re-released as Blueprint 2.1, which cut the album down to one disc with two new tracks. So it was the one disc with like all the big singles on it. And then, you know, two new tracks and they just filled the rest out, which seems to be a bit better. They kept the good. They cut out the filler. And Jay-Z said that's how he originally wanted to release it. He only wanted to do one disc, but he was talked into doing two discs through his record label, Rockefeller, or rather the people who are running it with him since it was his record label. And they kind of persuaded him to do that. I assume for the money, right? Blueprint 1 was huge. It was a great album, sold really well. They're like, fuck, let's put out a double album. 
and we can make twice as much money, right? But yeah, I mean, people bought it, but it's not as well received. And I don't think it sold as well as the first Blueprint. But yeah, that's our top album this week, The Lesser Blueprint. And then our Billboard alternative number one single is All My Life by Foo Fighters. We've talked about it before. So let's move on to some video games. Of course, being December 1st, not a whole lot here because people want to get their games out in time for Christmas. And, you know, we're coming up. So nothing really came out this week. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon came to the PS2 this week, although it was already released on computer and Xbox in November. Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon series. So I talked earlier about Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell. So Splinter Cell is it's a third person game. You play as a spy. Typically, you're trying to infiltrate, use tech and gadgets to accomplish the level and, and do what you got to do. But in Ghost Recon, it's more open world levels, I think. And it's a first person game and you are like controlling computer teammates and kind of telling them where to go. I never played this original one, but I did play one of the newer ones called Wildlands back in 2017. And I really liked that game. It was really cool. Nice open world game, at least the new one. But I appreciated the way that you told your NPC squad mates what to do. But when I played Wildlands, you could actually have real people come in and join them and play with you. That was a lot of fun. I remember playing around with my friends in that game. But yeah, back to this original one. I haven't played it, but I watched some footage and it looked pretty fun and, uh, you know, more military focused than some other kind of shooter games these days. That's really it for video games. And I suspect we won't be getting a lot of stuff uh, as we close out the year here. Not a very exciting week in terms of pop culture, you know, not a whole lot of new stuff taking over the charts, but hey, we do have a new week of Adult Swim, so let's check out what's going on there. But before we do that, I'd like to thank our new $10 patron, Redacted Ishluga, for signing up there at the number one in the Hoodgee level. Of course, it really means a lot and really helps me make the show and uh, rebuy DVDs so that I can talk about them for you guys. So thank you so much for that. And I'm sure I mispronounced that name. I know it's German. And uh, although I come from German descent, I <laughs> cannot speak it. So apologies there. All right. So this week in Adult Swim, they're kind of mixing up the schedule a little bit from what we've seen before. So typically, it would start with home movies, which we do here. We have at 10 o'clock, home movies. Breaking up is hard to do. And then after that, they would put some sort of pilot like Welcome to Eltingville, Saddle Rash, something along those lines. But this time, they've moved up the Ripping Friends from like way back in the schedule around midnight to the 10.30 slot. So yes, 10 o'clock, home movies, breaking up is hard to do. 10.30, The Ripping Friends, The Muscle Magician, which is a new episode. Then at 11 p.m., we have C-Lab 2021 with The Policy. Then at 11.15, Aqua Teen with this episode, Dumber Days, of course, a new episode. 11.30, The Brack Show with Pepper, another new episode. Then we have Space Ghost Coast to Coast with Untitled, Mission Hill with Unemployment Part 2 or Theory of the Leisure Ass. And then the Oblongs at 12.30 with Flush Flush Sweet Helga. That Mission Hill episode really good. One of the better episodes. Mission Hill, it really took till around this point till it became really good. It really started to find itself. And again, a bummer it couldn't fully discover itself because it was going in a great direction. But yeah, that's our week in Adult Swim. Home Movies, Ripping Friends, C-Lab 2021, The Brack Show, Space Ghost, Mission Hill, The Oblongs. A solid night. You know, as you guys know, I'm a big Mission Hill fan, so it's nice to have that in the mix here alongside Oblongs. And, you know, all the other shows are solid, except, you know, I, I, from what I've seen of Ripping Friends, didn't really care for it. And 
again, like I, I don't remember this show at all from back in the day. So I don't know if it really belongs here. I haven't seen enough of it to make that assertion, but it definitely stands out amongst these titles for me. But all right, that's enough jibber jabber. You guys know what's going on. We're about to jump right in and talk about this episode of Aqua Teen Dumber Days. Let's do it. This episode of Dancing is Forbidden brought to you by Terry's Brains. If you need some brains, give Terry a call. But uh, the, the smart ones are hard to come by. So prepare to pay top dollar for that. And of course, this episode also brought to you by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com. Thank you, Josh, for signing up the $10 level, the number one in the hoodie level. So if you guys don't know what Patreon is, you can sign up and give me a little monthly donation there to help support the show at the $1 level. You get a shout out at the $5 level. You get exclusive episodes right now. I'm putting out two every month. At least I'm trying to, and I'm going to put out another one next week. We're going to cover an episode of Space Ghost. It looks like, and I say it looks like because the $10 patrons at the number one in the hoodie level, they get to pick what I, what I cover. So we have two votes for Space Ghost Coast to Coast flip mode there. And then the other two shows, Oblongs and Brack Show have one vote each. So Unless some votes get moved around, we're going to be talking about the old Space Ghost, which I'm excited for, because I believe I've referenced that episode in a previous episode of this show. So that would be cool. So again, thank you to our newest members this episode. We have Empower706. We have Redacted. I'm just going to leave it at that. We have Josh. Thank you guys so much. It uh, really makes my day when we get some new people signing up. And again, we've got a sticker promo going on, guys. Sign up. Put your address in the Patreon. I'll send you some stickers. That's all you got to do. You only, have to, you only have to be signed up for one time if that's all you want. Otherwise, you can just, you know, just just pay me some money under the table if you'd like for just some stickers. But I'm seeing a few addresses start to fill in there on Patreon, but not everybody has put their address. So again, if you're listening, you're signed up, put in that address. If you're not signed up, you want stickers, you want extra content, you want to support the show, please sign up. Thank you, guys. Let's hit up Dumber Days. Parents strongly caution, the following programs are intended for mature audiences over the age of 18. These programs may contain some material that many parents would not find suitable for children and may include intense violence, sexual situations, coarse language, and suggestive dialogue. December 1st, 2002, we have Dumber Days airing and it is bringing in a TVPG rating for language, TVPGL. Which makes sense, you know? This is not a very risque episode. Nothing really bad going on here. I guess besides organ harvesting, but that's all right. It's funny because before I started my rewatch with this show, I always confused this one with Bloonenstein to me because they both involve Miwad's brain and lack thereof at certain points. So similar kind of points between the two, but both very different episodes. So opening this episode, of course, we get a Dr. Weird skit, but this one is really cool because it directly ties into the episode in a way that isn't just, oh, here's the monster of the episode or here is some sort of menace in the episode. It's a lot more subtle and I'm really impressed the way that they did it and spoiler alert, but it ties in to the episode itself, of course, but they bring it back at the end of the episode, which is something we haven't quite seen yet, especially in this way. So let's just jump into the clip and then we'll talk more about it. Yes! Yes, Terry! Mining for brains! <laughs> hey, yo. 
Who said I'm a foe? Oh, but no one. Hey, let's highlight your hair. But I like <laughs> my hair this color. It begins. So did you guys notice anything? If you did, good job. Gold star to you. This is the first episode so far to not open with Dr. Weird saying gentlemen. Here he opens with yes. And I went through and listened to every beginning up until this point to, to make sure because I had a hunch and I was like, I should find out for real if it is. And it is. So every episode always started with a gentleman before this. Not always gentlemen behold, but always gentlemen. And this is the first one. It starts with Dr. Weird saying, yes, yes, Terry, mining for brains. So exciting stuff here. <laughs> the boys over at the Aqua Teen writing room, a.k.a. Matt Malero's house, they're moving beyond. They're pushing the limit on these Dr. Weird skits. And yeah, so we have Dr. Weird talking to Terry on the phone, who I always knew was a friend of Carl's, but it's really cool to see him talking to Dr. Weird here. I didn't know they had a relationship at all. I never caught this. And this is, you know, one of my least watched episodes, probably. So really nice touch here and cool to figure out that they were kind of laying the ground on this Terry character who does eventually show up in later episodes. According to the Aqua Teen Hunger Force wiki, he is mentioned in two episodes, this episode and the supermodel, and then he shows up in four more episodes after that. But okay, to the content of the discussion, Dr. Weird is saying mining for brains, which plays into this episode heavily. Steve asks who was on the phone, and then Dr. Weird's like, no, and let, let's highlight that hair. And Steve's just like, but I like my hair this color. Dr. Weird holding a syringe as well. <laughs> kind of strange that he would be highlighting hair with a syringe. Of course, you know, giving us the undertones that, hey, maybe Dr. Weird isn't actually going to highlight his hair. Who would have thought, considering how much he has used and abused Steve at this point, which is in itself an interesting transition because... It started off with him just showing stuff to Steve and eventually it just comes into him bullying Steve and mutilating Steve and killing Steve over and over again. And that's where that ends. But again, we do come back to it, which I think is really cool and I wish they played with more. So that's how that starts. And yeah, we're, we're setting up for a really tight episode here in terms of the interplay between the Dr. Weird skit and the full Aqua Teen episode. Getting into the Aqua Teen episode, we open to Shake. We see him standing in the pool, so he's not sunk into it. He's balancing on something visibly, and he's just trying to, I guess for lack of a better term now, catch his balance here. He, you, we see there's something underneath him that is buoyant, holding him up, that he is able to stand on top of very shakily and try and defy gravity. While he's doing this, we see Meatwad standing by the pool and there's something sticking out of his head which turns out to be a bone and he has a very sad look on his face so we know something is up. So let's listen to this little scene here at Carl's pool. Whoa! Hey, Frylock! Get out of here and watch what I'm doing! Whoa! What are you doing? What are you doing? Will you shut up and do what I'm telling you? Oh, hey, Meatwad. Do you have a little something sticking? Is that one of your bones? No, that's a rotisserie chicken. You see, I took my brain out to polish it, and then I forgot where it was, <laughs> and then I just sort of started putting this chicken in there, you know what I mean? The brain is an important learning tool, Meatwad. Well, where is it? I'll pop it back in if you can find it. <laughs> Dub. No way! I'm using this brain for undercover aquatic training. Oh, my brain! That's right, your brain, but I found it. Let me see that. Me. Well, I'll be damned. You got a toy brain. What? Then why have I been keeping all my knowledge? What knowledge? <laughs> there ain't nothing in here but air and a little jingle bell. That ain't no jingle bell. That is a gland full of knowledge. 
No, that's a jingle. Looks like a cat toy. Shoot, I'm so dumb as hell. I never get hired into today's fast-paced world. I'm gonna go to my room and just wait for my body to die. Really sad beginning here. Meatwad is just depressed. He doesn't have a brain. So, yeah, they reveal that Shake was standing on Meatwad's brain, which actually turns out to have been a squeaky toy with a jingle bell inside of it, as you heard. Shake said this was for aquatic training, which I appreciate. He, uh, you know, maybe he thinks this will help him in his crime fighting abilities. So, yeah, that's why Meatwad was sad because he, he knew his brain was gone, but he did put a rotisserie chicken in there, which Frolic pulls out. It's just a full cooked chicken in Meatwad's head. So that's kind of the gist of this scene. You know, not a whole lot. Just, hey, Meatwad's brain is gone. Turns out he never really had one. I suspect he's like like a chicken, right? Like, can a chicken technically not have a head and still function because a lot of it is in the brainstem? Maybe that's how it is for Meatwad. A lot of it's in his brainstem, however that works inside of a giant meatball. So that kind of reminds me of a video that I watched this weekend of Dave Willis giving a talk to a college class about working on Aqua Teen and Squidbillies and stuff. And at one point during the interview, he said how the original idea for Meatwad was that he was made from the discarded meat that wasn't good enough at a restaurant. Like the government wouldn't let the restaurant use this meat because it was so bad to make a burger. And they spun it into a giant pile of meat without a bun. And that's how they were trying to like sell it to customers. Like this was a good thing. And yeah, no bun, which leads to the Baffler Meal episode of Space Ghost where Meatwad's catchphrase is, the bun is in your mind. Because like that was their their tagline. The bun is in your mind. You're, you're getting a good deal here. So the reason I say that reminds me of this is because that's why he's supposed to be not so sharp, not so bright, because he's made of bad meat. And they kind of go further with it in this episode of that he doesn't even have a brain. That's how stupid he is. And, and obviously he can still function without a brain because he's just incapable of having one, I suppose. Anywho, back to the episode. Meatwad's depressed. He says, I'm going to go to my room and just wait for my body to die. And we get a schoolie D cut after that. And we cut to Carl's house where we quickly see that's where Meatwad went because he's so stupid. Oh, come on, Meatwad. You can't be that dumb. Well, is this not my room? What do you think? Yep. <laughs> That sound, Carl throwing Meatwad out of his window. He didn't even open the window. He broke his own window to throw Meatwad out there. Kind of a, a silly, simple joke here. Just, yes, like he thinks that's his room. After that, we get more Schooly D cut while Meatwad is sitting out in Carl's driveway. Well, damn, maybe Meatwad is that dumb. After that, we cut right to the Aqua Teen's house and we have Meatwad sitting on the stoop, looking sad, looking upset. And he's just covered in an ant mound with ants on it. So this implies he's been out there for quite a while and that the ants are eating him because ants eat meat. So kind of a disgusting, depressing thought here that he's just sitting out there rotting away, waiting to die. I want to mention there's a good six seconds of silence that plays during this part. Meatwad's just sitting out there by himself. And then Frylock comes up and sees him and talks to him. Meatwad, you've been standing in that doorway for three days. You're letting all the cool air out. <laughs> if you say so, I don't know no better. I don't have the proper organ to make those kinds of decisions. Decisions? Meatwad, look, why don't you go outside and run around a little, huh? Outside of what? Time and place are a mystery to me. I don't have a brain. Meatwad's just, he's in a pity party, right? He's feeling sad for himself, feeling bad about his situation, even though... All things considered, he seems to be like fine. He can speak, he can move, he can do whatever. He mostly is just catching himself up and making himself believe 
that his life is over without his brain. But, you know, I can't even remember if he even had one to begin with, if we're being honest here. I, I don't know that he did. We'll, we'll see if the episode gets to it. I didn't write it down. So we'll see here if he actually ever had a brain. But yeah, I guess the point here, and this episode is really touching on already, of how placebo effect is a thing and you can convince yourself of a lot. Because, yeah, it seems like he's fine. But, but we'll see how this episode plays out. Kind of strange that Frylock tells Meatwad to go outside and run around when he's already outside. He's been outside. So, you know, I think it would have been better if he asked him to, you know, hey, you want to watch a movie or something? Something to cheer him up. But regardless, Frylock establishes that Meatwad's been there for three days with the door open. So kind of surprised that they let him just do that because Frylock says you're letting the cold air out. So that means they're running the AC even though they know the door has been open for three days. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's all right. Frylock goes inside to talk to Shake about what's going on with Meatwad. And we see Shake is sitting in his recliner watching TV. We gotta get him out of that doorway and start making him feel better about himself. You're right. I'll go get the hose. We'll flood him out. So we see on Shake's television that there are just people running up to the camera. They look around and then they run away. That's basically it while we hear screams and stuff on the TV. Gotta love the audio on these TV shows that they're watching because it's usually somebody screaming. Shake just says that he'll get the hose to flood Meatwad out, which was kind of his answer to cleaning the kitchen in the old Drippy episode. The scene just ends there, which is uh, kind of an abrupt cut to uh, describe, but when you're watching it, it kind of makes sense. We cut from Frylock there talking to Shake, you know, we assume he says no, to Frylock has... I don't know how to describe this device. It's just like giant pincers, I guess, on Carl's head. Something you see in TV shows to measure circumference of things. That's exactly what Frylock is doing here. He's figuring out how big Carl's skull is, which is really, really grim. Understandably, Carl is confused as to what Frylock is doing, so he asks him about it. What are you doing, Fryman? Oh, hey, Carl. I'm just measuring the circumference of your skull. Oh, yeah, you're doing some sort of science thing here. <laughs> Why are you doing it? Because I need to, uh... I'm making you a sweater, Carl. See ya. So, yeah, Frylock's just trying to get out of there. We hear some sort of what sounds like something breaking that kind of noise, and I'm not really sure what that is supposed to be. Regardless, I like Frylock telling Carl that he's going to make a sweater for him. That's what he's doing, but then he just tries to get out. But Carl isn't having it, and he stops Frylock in his tracks. No, 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 wait a minute, Fryman. If I wasn't a little loaded right now, I'd say you're uh, looking for uh Come closer here. Looking for a brain, is that right? A brain? No. No, I'm not. Why? Hey, it's Carl here, buddy. <laughs> you don't have to lie to me. Because if it's a brain you want, I get your brain. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, no trouble. Let me just uh, get another beer and give Terry a call. Oh, he does tons of stuff. He's kind of a jack of all uh, black market organs. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Is this affiliated with a hospital or donor hey, clinic? It need to be smart because those are kind of hard to come by. You got to be smarter than them to get it two halves from different brains you know what carl just forget it it's okay no really. there's no trouble really i went to high school with this guy but uh this thing he's doing here is sort of you know frowned upon by the community carl i don't <laughs> want it and i'd appreciate it if you get off my lawn too okay friday don't be that way come on this happens every day people just don't you know talk about it this loud <laughs> Hey, what's in it for me? <laughs> so Carl follows Frylock over to his house after Frylock's like, no, I'm not interested. That's why Frylock's like, you know, I'd appreciate it if you get off my lawn. Carl's just standing there yelling about what they're trying to do, which is funny because it comes back later where Frylock goes to mention it. And Carl's like, no, 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 don't talk about that. Even though he's standing in his front yard screaming about it at the top of his lungs, trying to talk to Frylock, who's inside the house at the end of the clip there. 
Although Carl does say that he is drunk. You, you don't hear it very loudly, but he says it when Freilach's inside. So I guess that does explain why here he's you know nonchalant about it. But then later on, once he's sobered up, he is more cautious. But it also explains why he's cool with Frylock. He's trying to help them out. You think normally he wouldn't care about getting them a brain. But since he's drunk, he's feeling a little generous. And yeah, he's talking about his friend Terry. He went to high school with Terry. And Terry was on the phone earlier with Dr. Weird, which is a connection that I really love and I appreciate and is not one that I remember from having seen this episode a few times in the past. I want to point out, at least on the DVD version, which is where I'm watching this, that Frylock asks... Is this affiliated with a hospital or a donor clinic? And Carl says Asia. And this isn't in the subtitles, um, maybe understandably. And also they're kind of talking over each other. So maybe the subtitle person just didn't pick up on it. But yeah, Carl says the brains are from Asia. And then he asks if the brain needs to be smart because those are hard to come by. And you got to be smarter than them to get it. And then he says two halves from different brains. He's just like giving Frylock all these options and stuff, which again, very generous of Carl, even though it's over something as, you know, I guess grotesque as talking about somebody else's brain that is being stolen from them. So while this is going on in Meatwad's room, Shake is holding up a bee's nest to Meatwad. Shake is wearing like a beekeeper's outfit or as much as, you know, Shake can since his shape is so fucking bizarre. And yeah, he's holding up the bee's nest to Meatwad telling him that it is a brain. Will Meatwad fall for it? Let's check it out. I'm not sure that this is a brain. Oh yeah, you can tell. Here, what? Now you hear that swarming? That's how you know it's on. You just gotta kickstart the smartness here. You'll see now. <laughs> get it going. Come on, get that knowledge going. Oh, wait a second, <laughs> this ain't no brain. This a damn bee's nest. Ah, shoot. You're right. Why, oh, this is a bee's nest. Hey, I've been ripped off here. Also, you might want to talk to a customer service rep about that. Oh, damn it. <laughs> You know, I think I threw away the box. Uh Could you just keep it in your head until I can return it? You think I'm that stupid just because I don't have a brain? Yes. I'll go ahead and pop it in there. (laughs) So, interesting thing here is as Dana Snyder, as Master Shake is yelling, there's like a reverb on his voice. And I can't figure out why because, you know, in outside scenes, they'll do that sometimes. And that makes sense because you're outside. But he's in Meatwad's room, so I don't know why there's kind of this reverb delay on his voice. But regardless to the scene itself, Meatwad isn't falling for the fact that this is a brain. He realizes it's a bee's nest, you know, a a little later than I would have hoped. But he realizes it, you know, Shake keeps hitting it, trying to agitate the bees, saying he's trying to kickstart it, get the smartness going. But Meatwad doesn't fall for it. But then Shake is like, oh, yeah, I'll have to return it. Can you keep it in your head? And Meatwad goes along with it. He agrees which is a nice little twist there. But as this is about to happen, Frylock comes into the room. Shake, what are you doing? Look, he's doing it. He loves it. He wants it. <laughs> oh, who's home? No. Who's ringing the doorbell? Will you get him to stop? So we hear the doorbell ringing, and that agitates the bees. Finally, you know, hitting the bees' nest doesn't do anything to them. But when the doorbell rings, they all swarm Shake, who falls down. And, you know, Meatwad just rolled past him. It was fine. So Shake getting what he deserves, which I like. It's always nice when they have Shake pick on Meatwad, but then Shake kind of gets what he deserves at the end. It makes it more enjoyable and a a little bit less cruel since he's the one actually getting hurt in a lot of these moments. Meatwad and Frylock go to the door and open it, and we see it's Carl leaving a cooler on their doorstep that's just covered in blood. It's It's just disgusting. And of course, we can assume what's inside. So let's check that out. 
Carl? Oh my god! Is this the <laughs> brain? That's the uh, soda pops we talked about <laughs> earlier. There. Shut up. You want to get us killed? I'll give me one of them sodas. <laughs> oh, this isn't soda pop, Meatwad. I'm afraid this is your new brain. All right, surgery! All right, surgery. Meatwad's happy. He's finally got his brain. Cool of Carl to deliver on this. And I know I said that Meatwad and Shake were in Meatwad's room like right at the same time as the scene where Carl and Frylock were talking about the brain. And I don't know if that is, I guess, correct, because it would make sense it would take Carl some time to get the brain. But the way that they stage it really makes it seem like it was because Frylock comes in there right as something bad is about to happen to Meatwad. And otherwise, that doesn't really make sense if he wasn't held up talking to Carl. So I feel like I'm digging too much into it. I guess I guess either interpretation could be correct. Again, though, I just think it's weird that he then decides to come in as soon as something bad is about to happen for no real reason. So I, I prefer to think he was talking to Carl. And Carl's got a quick turnaround time with his buddy Terry. Regardless of where we are in the space time of this Aqua Scene episode, Meatwad's about to get a new brain. He's excited for it. Carl hooked it up. He's the brain plug. Let's head over to Frylock's room to check out this surgery. So you want to put me under or what? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, look over there. That's the anesthesia. Well, <laughs> we're done here. Dang, really? That was kind of fast. You didn't just sort of throw it in there, did you? Yeah, I did. Is it working? <laughs> I don't know. Where's the TV? We'll test it on some wrestling. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Meatwad. Let's try this instead. I love the joke of like, okay, they're going to do surgery, and then Frylock just throws the brain in there. It's funny in the episode, but in terms of the animation and production, it's funny too, because they're not going to animate this whole surgery thing. That would involve a ton of new assets and all sorts of new animations and stuff. So they just have Frylock with, with his fry, just throw it into Meatwad's head, and that's it. It's in there. And of course, Frylock unsure if it works, so they, they want to test it out, and Meatwad says, let's test it on some wrestling. He wants to go watch TV. And you know, it, it kind of worked in the sense that right away, he's at least happy. You know, he's been depressed all episode. Now he's excited. He's looking forward to things. So hey, it's kind of a success already, huh? Frylock doesn't like the idea of testing out the brain on wrestling, on TV, because that won't really tell him anything. He needs Meatwad to try and read a book. He pulls out a book called The Tiniest Bullfrog. It's a hardback children's book with a cute little frog on the front, a little cartoon frog, and he's standing on a giant basketball to give us a sense of the size of the bullfrog. I actually used to have bullfrogs as pets. I think that was one of my earliest childhood pets, which I know is strange, bullfrogs. I wonder why my mom chose that. I'll have to talk to her about that, because at the time it was normal, but I guess that's a really interesting thing to get for a kid. But yeah, we had some bullfrogs, some giant frogs. But the bullfrog on this book cover is not giant. He's tiny. He's the tiniest bullfrog, little guy. Let's see what Meatwad has to say about reading the tiniest bullfrog. A book? No, sir. Trump <laughs> says that books are from the devil and that TV is twice as fast. <laughs> twice as fast at what? Information. <laughs> Just give this a chance, okay? The tiniest bullfrog. There, I'm done. Now, come on, now. <laughs> Hang on, Meatwad. There's a little more. Oh, wait, you gotta open it now? When did they start doing this? <laughs> Jeremy the Bullfrog lived in a tiny swamp on the edge of town. Every day, he dreamed of one day playing professional basketball. <laughs> but he lived in a swamp, far away from the city lights of a major market team. <laughs> So right away, I really want to comment on the music that we hear. Um, what's happening is Miwad's reading, and then we pan out, like we fade to the outside of their house from Frylock's room, and we keep panning out. And it's really nice. It's a really nice soundtrack there. 
But then we see we see Master Shake running. He's still being chased by bees. He found his way outside, but the bees won't leave him alone. He should jump in Carl's pool. I don't know why he didn't do that. I think that would save him from the bees. And I don't think he can breathe out of his straw, though. I was going to say he'd be able to uh, breathe through that straw and just stay underwater, but I don't think he can breathe out of it. Anywho, back to Meatwad here. Yeah, he doesn't even know that you can open a book to read it. He, he's like really impressed by that site. He's like, when did they start doing this? And he starts reading it. So Meatwad can read. It's established here, you know, before I know in Circus, Shake, who was pretending to be Meatwad as Meat Mountain, saying that he couldn't read. He was mocking Meatwad. But Meatwad can read, although I suppose it's because of his new brain that he can read. But yeah, yeah, Meatwad starts reading the book and he, he enjoys it. You know, it's a children's book and Meatwad is mentally a child. So it's a match made in heaven there. A little bit more about this book. So on the front, it says the tiniest bullfrog in big block yellow letters. And when Frolic opens it, we can see the back. It's just more shrubbery on the back with a dragonfly. I should say a purple dragonfly. And I guess by shrubbery, I mean lilies in a pond. That's probably a better way to describe it. But yeah, very green and blue back of the book with a purple dragonfly. There's some text like flavor text, but I can't read it. It's way too small, impossible to read. Underneath that, though, it is revealed via text that the book was published by Fancy Tales Publishing. But yeah, that's the end of that scene there. Really nice, tranquil music. I really like that. We haven't heard anything like that in Aqua Teen yet. Normally, it's just hip-hop music or Meatwad's like dance music that comes from his jam box. So this, this was nice. We cut to some point later in time where Frylock is coming from the hall into the living room saying how Meatwad's new brain is working out really well. And we see Shake, who is covered in bee sting welts. Boy, the new brain is really working out for Meatwad. You know, that is so good to hear. Hey, maybe he can use his brain to figure out a way to drain the venom out of all my horribly painful bee welts. <laughs> because I was supposed to get a headshot at 2 o'clock today, and now it's never going to happen. So we hear Shake, or sorry, rather Dana Snyder yelling, and we really hear, this is an added reverb on his voice. We hear the room tone. He's just yelling so loud. We hear the reverb there because he's just belting it out which is always funny, you know, Dana Snyder, one of the masters of yelling with that crazy voice of his. I'll play it again just so you guys can try and catch it. So just keep an ear out for the uh, reverb on his voice. Gonna happen. Good stuff. From Master Shake himself, we hear him talking about he was going to get headshots. So that's alluding again to his showbiz desires. Great little tie in there. Great little kind of throwaway line that actually builds into his character. And of course, his narcissism. After that, Meatwad comes from the hall into the living room as well. And there's something off about him. And we soon realize he's much bigger. They scale his, his image up. And it's just enough right now to where like it's kind of noticeable, but it's not super freaky quite yet. But yeah, Meatwad comes through saying he's going to go to the library, which is a surprise you know, for Meatwad. And he's, he's, he's grown larger. So we kind of get an idea of what's going on here. Well, I'm off to the library to do some recreational reading. Well, I have some Hardy Boys adventures. You want to take a look at those? Yeah, thank you. I'm seeking some more challenging for Frylock, <laughs> something in nuclear bionics. You know, I said the Wolfman had a book like that down in our crawl space. Hey, why don't you go down and trade something for it? And I know he's fond of blood. You know, so <laughs> your words of terror amuse only yourself. Are you sure about that? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, Dracula called me, he's coming over to know <laughs> you, and I said, okay. Revenge is a dish best served cold, Chuck. You think about that, if you have the brains. <laughs> You're getting it tonight. 
Meatwad just full of himself now. He's he's got this confidence that we've never seen before. He knows how to stand up to Shake. We saw it once before in Balloonenstein. Again, an episode similar to this one because he gets his electrical powers and he uses them to abuse Shake. Well, he's not quite abusing Shake here, but he's standing up to him yet again. He he has the confidence to do so. Before all that, Meatwad says how he's going to the library and he, you know, lists off just some scientific sounding books that he wants. And Frylock's like, well, you know, I, I have some Hardy Boys you can read. So the Hardy Boys are kids' books about two brothers who solve mysteries and some such thing like that. I've never read one, but I'm vaguely familiar. The first book debuted in 1927, and they just released a ton of them. I don't know that they're still making any more. I think they just like every, you know, like every decade or so, they'll write some more and put them out. Obviously not the same person that originally wrote them, but you guys get the idea. And yeah, as a kid... I was really into wrestling like Meatwad wanted to watch on the TV to test out his brain. And I liked the wrestlers called the Hardy Boys with a Z. And those were my guys. I liked those guys a lot. And whenever I would hear about these Hardy Boys, the the, the fictional detectives, I would you know get excited. I'm like, oh, Hardy Boys. Oh, it's not the Hardy Boys I like. You tricked me, Hardy Boys, with an S, you dirty dogs. I highly doubt this was an intentional callback because, again, they talk about wrestling and now they're saying Hardy Boys, albeit the different hardy boys but hey i appreciated it nonetheless but yeah the point here meatwad getting a big head literally his his figure is larger and i want to say so before i said it, he looked like he was bigger well then in this scene here this clip he rolls up next to frylock and shake and we see he is definitely bigger than he has ever been before before i go on to the next clip i also want to call out how shake was you know trying to scare meatwad with his stupid little bits about monsters and stuff and he's just like yeah, well, Dracula called and he's coming over tonight for you. And I said, okay, <laughs> like that's that's his big threat. I love the throwback to Dracula because, of course, we dealt with that in Bus of the Undead. And great, great to see that Shake has an affinity for certain monsters over others. Again, though, Meatwad's bigger and Frylock is about to comment on it. Now that Meatwad has left the house, he's heading to the library. Shake, Meatwad seem a little different to you? Yeah, he looks bigger. I hope he sat on those bees. That's that. Shake just, you know, so petty. I hope he sat on those bees. That's why he's bigger. And then this next clip, we get a Schoolie D cut, and we see Meatwad rolling over the image of the library from the previous episode, Love Mummy. So we had in Love Mummy, Frylock goes to the library with the Love Mummy and with Meatwad to find a book about mummies so he can figure out what's going on with this mummy and this curse. And we get that same exterior shot again. Of course, in that episode, I mentioned that I looked it up and I somehow was able to find miraculously that this comes from an episode of the show Dino Mutt, which was bundled with Scooby-Doo back in the day. And this episode was episode two, What Now Low Brow. So yeah, from that Dino Mutt episode, which originally aired September 18th, 1976. They took that, threw it in here. And again, I, I found that just for you guys. It's, it's not on the wiki as far as I know. If anybody would like to add it, feel free. I also should mention, because you'll hear it, at the end of this short clip, you'll hear an explosion. That's just the library exploding for whatever reason. It's Aqua Teen, man. What do you expect? Yeah. Tis I pass by just like Donovan McNissad. Yeah. Schooly D here saying in a cooler way, time passed by just like Donovan McNabb, who of course is a famous football player. I mean, I know nothing about football and I recognize the name. So I assume a lot of you guys will too. So I, I guess that's supposed to mean, you know, Meatwad spent a lot of time at the library. He, he read a lot, learned a lot, and as we're about to see, got a hell of a lot bigger. We cut to Meatwad's room and he's showing Boar's atomic model 
to Dewey and Vanessa, his dolls, his Apple and toilet paper tube dolls, who Shake destroyed back in Dumber Dolls. You know, evidently he's recreated them already here to have his, you know, dolls to play with and to steal from the podcast that I've talked about that I love, Booyah 90s Now, because I went back and listened to their Dumber Dolls episode, which I would definitely check out. Although a little warning on that episode, if you haven't checked out already, is the host talked for like 45 minutes just about their lives and stuff before they, they hit the Aqua Teen stuff, which they don't normally do. Normally they're pretty quick into the content. And if you don't know them, that part of the podcast might turn you off a little bit. So just a little warning there. Which I bring up because I don't want people just like checking it out and turning it off right away because it's really a great podcast. I love that podcast. So give it a chance, man, because they got some good ideas, which I'm stealing here. But yeah, in, in Booyah 90s Now, they talk about how in Dumber Dolls, if, we're, if we can step back to that real quick, it doesn't really make sense because Shake destroys Meatwad's toys, which is, you know, a toilet paper roll and an apple. And on Booyah, they're just like, why don't they just get a new apple and toilet paper tube. Why, why do they have to go to Hot Diggity Doll to uh, buy him an expensive doll? Which is a great point because as we can see here, he has recreated Dewey and Vanessa. And I love the joke going on here because Meatwad is evidently smart enough to, you know, understand Boar's model here. You know, it's just a big jump in his intelligence from what it was before, but he's explaining it to his inanimate object dolls. You think he would be smart enough to know that? So I love this inconsistency in his intelligence. I also want to mention here that Vanessa has her mustache back. So in Dumber Dolls, she didn't have it, but back in Old Drippy, she did. So again, on and off with Vanessa's mustache and her hair as well. It looks more like a, a boy apple than a woman. But hey, I'm not going to judge how Vanessa wants to identify. One look at Niels Bohr's atomic model makes it abundantly clear that there is a way to pass through solid matter. So information, we could have our daily tea party. In the fifth dimension. You'll notice that the audio kind of uh, got filtered a little bit. That's because Frylock is in the hallway and he walks up to this, or <laughs> floats up rather, and hears Meatwad giving this lecture. So he stops to listen and uh, you know his eye kind of cocks. He's like, what's going on here? And I should point out, they have not shown Meatwad at all. All we see is his arm up till this point. And there's a reason for that. It's because he's gigantic now. So let's cut back to the scene as Frylock enters the room to see what Meatwad is talking about and reacts to Meatwad's new size. Knock, knock. Well, I hope I'm... Oh, my God! Frylock, <laughs> what a pleasant surprise. I'm just finishing up my symposium. You've met my colleagues, Professor Vanessa and Dr. Doom. Yeah, what happened to your body, man? Well, it's obvious, isn't it? Thermal expansion. No, it's not thermal expansion. I know what thermal expansion is. Okay, fine. I'm sure that you do. Let's see. How can I explain this without blowing your mind? Oh, yes, please. <laughs> Come it down for me. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle tells us that at a specific curvature of space, knowledge can be transferred into energy. Heisenberg's uncertainty... And this is key now. Matter. No, it does not. <laughs> well, some people struggle with Heisenberg. Look. Here's a toy. It goes up and down on a string. Doesn't that look like fun? Get that thing out of my face. Why don't you go take that into the other room while the adults are doing important research here? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Professor. I didn't realize that knowledge could also transform you into an arrogant ass. So Meatwad is a dick now. He, he's being a, a douchebag to Frylock, just insulting his intelligence, belittling him at every turn. But the thing is, Meatwad is throwing out these scientific terms, but they don't really make sense. Right? Like like he says, it's thermal expansion. That's why he's getting bigger. And Frylock's like, no, that's not it. And then Meatwad goes into Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. I had to look this up because my only familiarity with Heisenberg, beyond knowing you know, who he was and vaguely what he did, 
was the name in Breaking Bad, one of my other favorite shows. I had to look this up. I had to look up the simplified version because I'm a dummy and I can pretty confidently say what Meatwad is describing is not at all the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. What's going on here is Meatwad's throwing out these terms, but he's not using them correctly. Same thing when he was showing Bohr's model. You know, I, I don't think at all what the model shows us is what Meatwad is suggesting it shows us, which is like they can have tea parties in the fifth dimension. So again, something interesting going on here. Meatwad's gigantic. He claims to be so smart, but he's getting all his facts wrong, really. So immediately after that, we cut to Frylock's room and he's seething. He's angry in his room, sitting at his computer. And I want to point out here the wonderful server sounds that we hear in the background. The uh, fan, I guess, the, the computer fan really brings me back to being in middle school in computer lab. But you'll hear Frylock typing. I'd like to point out he's not actually typing. He's just floating there. His arms aren't out. He's not touching the computer, but we hear typing noises. So definitely a discrepancy between the animation department and the audio department. Frylock is there saying, oh, you can't pass through solid matter. That's so stupid. And then as he's saying that, Master Shake passes through like some sort of um, electrical field or something along those lines into Frylock's room. So he passes through matter and we hear a little conversation between them. I'd like to point out that Shake is holding an egg beater with like a green handle with like cardboard or or some sort of tape on it or something with a six drawn on it. So very makeshift homemade sign for this egg beater, which he thinks is a device that allows him to pass through matter. <laughs> Shoot. Passing through solid matter. You can't pass through solid matter. You- hey, try to chase me. Shake. Chase me. You're it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come on. How did you do that? You're it. Come on. Come on, you're it! You know you want to play this game! What are you doing with that egg beater? <laughs> um, uh, let me clue you in. This is an anti-matter eliminator. It allows me to fluctuate. You're it! You gotta chase <laughs> Did me! Did make that for you? Stop talking! Come on! First off, we made it together. You know, I put the number on it. So it's like a race car. And just where is Dr. Meatwad right now? Frylock, you stay away from him. We got a business deal going, see? What kind of business deal? Again, with some sort of what sounds like artificial reverb on Shake's voice like he's supposed to be outside. It doesn't make sense to me why they did that. I don't, I've never noticed it in other episodes. But here, it really sounds like he's supposed to be outside or in an alley or something. Anywho, it's revealed that Shake put the number six on there like a race car. That was his addition, which is so childish and bad looking. It just looks like garbage. And yeah, Frolic asks him like what it is. He's like, oh, it's just an egg beater. He's like, oh, it's not an egg beater. It's an antimatter eliminator. It allows me to fluctuate. And then he just stops for a while. <laughs> He's like, you're it. You got to chase me. He just can't. He doesn't even care enough to keep trying to explain this because he doesn't understand it. Because as we'll soon discover... The egg beater is not making him move through matter. It is, in fact, Meatwad. Shake also mentions, before we get to the next scene, that he's in a business deal with Meatwad. So we cut to the next scene here. We're outside. There's a sign in front of Carl's house. It's a giant piece of cardboard, and it's ripped at the uh, top right and bottom left edges. So you really can tell it's cardboard. It says, Magic Flying Car Rides, $5, crudely written on there. And then there's like some stars and like a car with you know, flying trails behind it. It's it's just really, really childish looking. And fr- I love that it's in front of Carl's house because, of course, you guys can guess which car they're making fly. We have Meatwad just sitting there. Again, a huge, giant Meatwad. 
Now, I'd like to point out that his body is kind of low res because they just scaled up his body, which of course is going to make it look kind of blurry and not so good. But his face is the same size as it always is. So his face is still crisp. So it's kind of funny to see, you know, on an HD monitor or whatever, when this is originally airing on an old, probably tube TV, you can really make out the detail difference here between his body and his face. But but sorry, I uh, I skipped around there. Meatwad's outside, and he has a child inside of Two Wicked, Carl's Hot Rod, and he's just flinging around in the air, spinning it around, and the kid's in there just having a good time. The kid from some sort of older animation, I don't know exactly where it's from, and I can't really make up this art style other than it's probably just some old Hanna-Barbera thing from like the 70s or something. And again, the sound from the kid sounds like Roller Coaster Tycoon, which I've talked about previously on the show because we've heard this laugh before because, you know, they did use these sound effects packages from time to time. But Dave Willis, I know, liked to get custom audio as well. For example, in Dumber Dolls again with the lawnmower, they capture that themselves with Dave's lawnmower at his house. You can head to my YouTube channel, check the link in the show notes where I have the video up of them recording that audio. So... They did like to get custom audio when they could, but here they just, you know, had some generic child laughter, which I'm pretty sure we also hear in Roller Coaster Tycoon, which came out around the same time. Okay, so sorry, I'm, I'm still setting this scene up. This is going on forever. Basically, just to start, we see that sign that says flying car rides, and then Frylock runs outside or, sorry, just, just flies, glides out there, and then we see Shake go through, you know, space and time to come out of the electrical break in reality where he joins him and we see Meatwad sitting there with his eyes closed flinging this child around in the car. I want to mention though that when Shake comes out of the vortex or whatever we want to call it he is not holding the egg beater so I think that's just a mistake because he has it later on in this episode. Look at that huh? It's impossible. See, I get 5% of whatever comes out of that. Huh? <laughs> so who's got the brains now, huh? Well, I need complete concentration or the child will die. Meatwad, what are you doing? Making us some damn money. Isn't this a waste of brain power? I mean, lifting cars? You could be curing disease or, or solving global problems. The only problem I see, Jack, is you standing in the way of me and my financial super brain. Your super brain, huh? <laughs> oh! I just took your old toy brain and decorated it with some glitter and macaroni. That's all. We get a little fight between Meatwad and Frylock because Frylock's like, this is what you're using your super brain for to, you know, make $5 a pop off of kids in Carl's car, which Shake is so proud. He gets 5% of that, which is like nothing at all. It's, it's just a f- little bit of change every single time. But anyways, yeah, Frylock is like, this is really what you're doing. And, and Meatwad's just, you know, like, don't judge me. And the only problem I see is you standing in the way of me and my financial super brain. At which point, Frylock makes the big reveal. He pulls out of Meatwad's head that it's not a real brain. It's just his old toy brain. And then it's decorated with some glitter and macaroni. That's it. it it's, it's not a real brain. So that really explains why... Meatwad has been getting his facts wrong, right? It doesn't explain everything because, you know, Shake is moving between matter and all that stuff, and he is flinging that kid around in Carl's car, but it does explain a bit why, as soon as the brain was put in, Meatwad was, like, happy and a little bit smarter because he was actually applying himself. I want to say the brilliant thing here, guys, if you go frame by frame of Frylock putting the brain into Meatwad, it is the same macaroni glitter brain. So from the very beginning... Frylock knew that this wasn't legit, and then that's why he's so shocked. Not because Meatwad's brain is working, but because he still doesn't have a brain and he's able to do all this. 
anyways, before I keep going on, let, let's go back to this scene because it's still ongoing. So Meatwad has some questions about if he didn't really have a brain, then how was he able to do all this stuff? And as he's speaking here, he starts to shrink, right? Because he's huge. He gets smaller and smaller back to his normal size. Really? How was I able to lift cars and pass through walls? Well, it was all a case of mind over matter, Meatwad. Now that I don't have a brain, I don't even know what that means. It means you better put that brain back right now. So, Meatwad, <laughs> this is what not our brains. <laughs> I ain't never gonna be rich. Wait, we'll be rich? Don't listen here. Here's a brain that looks better. It's made out of metal. Here, put this oh. in. I thought that was an antimatter eliminator. You're right. Give it back. I'll be the rich one. Rich, get out of my way. <laughs> Let me cut this here. So Shake put the egg beater in Meatwad's head. And then Frolic's like, I thought, I thought that was your antimatter eliminator. And Shake's like, oh yeah, he takes it back out. And then he runs into the wall of their house. He expects that he's going to go through it. But since Meatwad doesn't have his power anymore, Shake just runs into the wall and passes out. Well, that was just an egg beater. Come on, Meatwad. Let's go make some popcorn and watch some wrestling. <laughs> Oh, do not tell me that that is my car up there on the roof! Okay, we won't. Get it down! <laughs> okay. Wait, no, don't. Damn it! <laughs> oh, Carl, here's that brain back. Turns out we didn't need it after all. What are you talking about, hey? I didn't give you no brain, you crazy man. Yeah, you did. It's right here in this cooler. No, Remember? Just shut up. It looks kind of purple. Where'd you get it? Really cute of Frylock here says let's go make some popcorn and watch some wrestling sounds like a nice time and then right after that we hear the crash that of course is Carl's car coming from Meatwad's uh, telekinesis I guess onto Carl's roof so Carl comes outside you know don't tell me that that is my car up there on the roof and he tells me why to get it down and then it, it just falls down I don't know if it was Meatwad bringing it down with his powers or if it was just you know gravity bringing the car down off the roof onto the ground the kid inside is fine he's laughing he's giggling he's having a good time he's really happy to be in that car as it <laughs> slammed onto the roof and then onto the ground from the roof. At this point, Frylock gives Carl the brain back saying, hey, we didn't even need it because, you know, I was wondering. I'm like, well, what did he do with the brain? But yeah, here it is. He just kept it in the cooler. And of course, Carl is like, I don't know what you're talking about because this is highly illegal. And I like how Frylock is just loudly saying it to kind of get on Carl's nerves. But all right, you might have heard a little tinge of it, but creeping back in is the Dr. Weird music because Meatwad asks, where did you get the brain? And we're about to see where we got it. So we're back at Dr. Weird's lab. We see Steve strapped to a table and the, like, the sides of his head are shaved. And he's asking Dr. Weird how his highlights look. He's holding a piece of paper. And we see once the camera moves behind Steve, the paper says, go to doctor now. And I want to say this is written like clearly on a computer. It does not look very good. It doesn't look like real handwriting whatsoever. Very funny. And then from that, we pull back. We see the back of Steve's head, and it's just like completely open. There's no brain in there. It's actually pretty graphic. It's, it's as graphic as we've gotten on the show. It's as graphic as we've gotten on the show so far, I think. I, yeah, it's, it's shocking they would show that so far. And I'm surprised that the episode didn't get a rating for this, like some sort of violence or something. It's only rated for language. But yeah, pretty intense that you just see right into his open skull. It's, it's not particularly gory, but it's still... You know, you still know what's going on. I mean, I don't know. I guess it is kind of gory because we see like, you know, his, his skull was like, I guess, cut from behind. But we see like the skin flaps on the skull. We see his spine and there's like nothing attached. It's just, oh, it's gross. I want to point out, we also see, of course, the giant rabbit hole in the wall. Great continuity since day one. Let's play this clip. And then on the other side of it, we'll talk about this episode as a whole. 
Say, Dr. Weird, how do my highlights look? Dr. Weird? Hey, a note. Huh. <laughs> why can't I read this? So kind of the joke there, you know, why can't I read this? As he has no brain. That's in this show. If you don't have a brain, that's how you act. It's like you're still cognizant and everything. You just can't fully function and you can question why. Just just silly. Silly and fun. I wonder really what kind of notes they got on that ending. I'm sure that they had to scale something back. I, again, I'm just shocked that they could show this. But yeah, that's Dumber Days. Honestly, way better than I remember it. And I like how tight the episode is in terms of the foreshadowing and stuff. Like I said, you could literally see Frylock putting that fake brain in. So if you slowed it down or, or happened to catch it, when he puts the brain in and like on your first watch through, you would know from the beginning, oh, Miwa doesn't have a real brain. That That's not a real brain. That's It's got macaroni and glitter on it. I like to imagine Frylock doing that. Why would he do that? It doesn't make sense for Frylock to decorate the brain at all. That seems like something Meatwad would do. Anyways, great plot here. You know, it's really about Meatwad believing in himself. He he never really had a brain, I assume. You know, they didn't really address it here, so I'm confirmed in that. You assume he never had a brain, and he got down on himself because he thought he lost his brain, but it was really just a fake brain all along. Then he gets the fake brain back, and he, you know, he starts to learn things. Of course, he's not like extremely intelligent he's getting his facts wrong but he is learning he's reading and at the same time though he's becoming larger which we don't understand why that is i guess it's just a metaphor for he's getting a big head because he's full of himself but what he does get what we can't dispute is he gets supernatural powers that allows him to use telekinesis to lift carl's car with a child in it and spin it around he's able to at the same time move shake basically teleporting him through matter and all this stuff just really crazy so Miwat has a lot more potential than he's given credit for and it's just because he believes in himself in this episode and really similar i think there's an always sunny in philadelphia episode that does like the same thing where charlie thinks he's given some sort of medicine it's been years since i've seen this one but for some reason he thinks he's intelligent he starts acting you know differently he's kind of confident in his intelligence and the same thing where he's getting stuff wrong but, you know, he just takes on this whole new demeanor. Obviously, he doesn't get powers or anything like an Aqua Teen. But at the end, it's revealed that it was just a placebo that he took and that he's not really smart. And then he just self-destructs. And that's a great episode as well. But yeah, guys, Dumber Days. I got to give this one 3.5 antimatter eliminators out of 5. Really enjoyed it. I like the way that it's just a, another great slice of life episode in truly one even more than old drippy because old drippy i considered slice of life because there wasn't like a villain or whatever nobody trying to be bad in that episode but this one for sure is the, like the first official official slice of life episode with no villains besides maybe terry and dr weird stealing brains you know from steve's perspective but it's just about the aqua teens and carl hanging out and we get the added bonus of that great, you know, Dr. Weird tie-in where we get their skit at the beginning. They reference Terry. Terry is brought back up in the episode. And then at the end, we go back and see what happened to Steve. It's just a really tight, fun episode. And one that I don't think gets enough credit that it deserves. Because I found myself enjoying this way more than I thought I would. But yeah, guys, that's it for me. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out, check the show notes. Of course, if you want to chat with other listeners of the podcast and with myself, Join the Discord. You can get that, of course, in the link in the show notes. Of course, anything else you need, check out dancingisforbidden.com. And yeah, next week we're talking about Interfection, and I'll be doing what looks like a Space Ghost Patreon episode if you want to hear that next week as well. Please sign up, and hey, there's some stickers there waiting for you. I ordered a ton of them. I'd like to get rid of them. So please, 
Even if you're signed up, hit me up with that information so I can send them your way. Lots of Aqua Teen stickers, lots of podcast stickers. And hey, guys, have a good week and learn a little bit from Meatwad here. Have some confidence in yourself, believe in yourself, but don't let your head get too big. See you later.